it's a really great um, privilege and honor to be here with Arma Ziga today um, on my podcast, which I'm tentatively calling The Voice Behind The Voice, in which we try to get a, a sense of who the uh, the person is behind, um, I guess, the performance. Um, and I, I think Alma um, is one of the most extraordinary voices um, in Melbourne, certainly in jazz. Uh, this is high praise, we'll get there, but um, I think she's going to have a really special career. Um, she's 20 at the moment, which is hard to realise, um, hard to sort of appreciate when you actually do hear her voice for the first time. But um, I first heard Alma at an Amy Winehouse tribute concert for the Jewish Museum of Australia back in February. And then I saw her again at the opening of Hummingbird in St Kilda. Um, which is a really cool new uh, jazz club um, here in Melbourne. Um, but yeah, so Alma very kindly agreed to do this interview today. So thank you for being here. My pleasure. Yeah. Such high praise. I'm loving it. But what a great <laughs> Sunday afternoon to be, you know, yeah, just to no, have someone talk about you for like <laughs> yeah. 45 minutes an hour. I know, I love it. You know, yeah, my yeah. ego's, you know, going yeah. to explode. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Good, good. So maybe in your words, um, you could sort of tell me your story. And like, I guess, you know, you're obviously from like European. Um, uh, Jewish sort of background. You yeah. live here in Melbourne. Um, how did you sort of come to be here today? Like, obviously, bizarrely, we had this yeah. thing. But well, okay. So I guess it's you know it's a it's a deep question now. Mm. But so I grew up in Melbourne. I have two sisters who also sing as well mm-hmm. and act and everything. Yeah. And I've got two awesome parents who are you know both Australian musicians yeah. and have been able to make a career in yeah. this in this hard industry mm-hmm. that is, you know, Australian music. But um, I guess, so I am a Jew and I feel extremely Jewish. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds silly, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's who I am, uh-huh. I guess. Um, I the don't believe in... migrated from... Yeah, my yeah. family, uh, my dad's parents yeah. um, were grew, both grew up in Poland yeah. and during the time of World War Two, mm-hmm. So both of them had to escape during the Holocaust. Yeah. And unfortunately, most of their family were were murdered mm. um, because it was just... It's the most horrific time in history, I think, that I, I could say. But, um, but out of that, obviously, horror of World War Two, you had this amazing like yeah. story of like love and, and, I guess, escape to Australia through Absolutely. your Polish so, grandmother. Yeah, so my um, Babcha and Jaja, which is grandma and grandpa in mm-hmm. Polish, uh, they met well, whilst they were both on the run. They met in Hungary yeah. at the consulate. Yeah. And, you know, they were both actually looking for jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, they both had falsified Christian papers and they were the only two people in the waiting room and you know they struck up a conversation yeah. uh she was extremely nervous because and she said to him you know i've heard this man who you know they, they were trying to get a job off he's scary and i've heard you know you know really frightening things yeah. about him anyway they sort of he he comforted her and they spoke a lot you know and then she was called in and he said to her before you know she went in um meet me tonight at six at the the town square or something like that and um you know she said okay okay anyway six o'clock he he was there Mm. and he waited for and you know five past ten past quarter past and he thought oh she's not going to come and he was going to leave because it was extremely you know dangerous in that time just to be sort of Mm. hovering around you Mm. know war-torn hungry and um she she finally came at about i don't know quarter past 20 past six and um they they walked around together and they spoke and he, I guess he felt extremely at ease with her and he he said to her, "Are you Jewish?" Mm-hmm. And she was you know horrified because 
it was the height of you couldn't admit you were a Jew to anybody. I mean, Jews were being yeah. murdered by the millions, and it was you you know she'd been high. It was you couldn't say that. Yeah. And she said, you know, no, how dare you? You know, what yeah. are you saying? And he recited the first half of a Jewish prayer. I guess I don't know. He just mm. felt something, in, and she recited the second half. Yeah. And they fell into each other's arms, and, and the rest they, is they, history. Yeah, You're here they in escaped. And it reminds they me had of how my, um... my my uncle and then my dad and. My dad grew up in Melbourne. My yeah. mum grew up in Melbourne. So they came straight to Melbourne from, from no, Hungary? No, they um, went... I think they would have travelled around Europe for yeah. a bit. Mm-hmm. And then they went to Israel. And they had yeah. my uncle. And then they came to Australia, Melbourne. And they had my father. Yeah. So you're now part of the Jewish diaspora around the world. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Very cool. Um, so maybe you can speak a bit more about your family. Because obviously you're the middle daughter of yeah. two sisters. Yeah. Hetty and Sid. Sid, Sid yeah? and Hetty, yeah. Who are all artists and musicians as well. Um, but you guys are a very special family. Um, <laughs> you are the daughter, daughters of Deborah Conway and Willie Ziger. Yeah. Ziger, sorry. <laughs> We've been over this so many times, <laughs> I got it wrong. It was a disaster. Um, two very, very highly regarded um, and creative and, I guess, influential Australian musicians. So, like, I said to you before, like, your mother was doing the client liaison kitsch thing, like, what, 20, 30 yeah, years before absolutely. it was cool, right? Yeah. Back in the 80s. Yeah, um, definitely. With a band called, is it Do Re Mi or something? Do Re Mi, that's it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you look a lot like your mum as well. So. Yeah, everybody says that. I get that yeah. a lot. Maybe you could speak a bit about um, what it was actually like growing up in such a creative household. Like, I kind of, like, feel like you were almost, like, predestined to live a life of <laughs> yeah. in jazz because, like, you know, there's that line from Shakespeare about, like, what's in a name? And your name is Alma, like, yeah. which, means, which literally means soul in Spanish or Latin. Yeah. Um, and Hebrew as well. And I Hebrew believe. as well. It's like destined that you were going to be a soul <laughs> singer. Um, but yeah, so like how did you kind of pick up from your parents um, and your sisters as well? Like I guess music. And I said to you before, like, you know, I guess it's in your DNA. Like when you were in the womb, your parents would have been recording and performing yeah. and listening oh, yeah. as well. I mean, so. there's, a, there's a photo on the wall of mum performing with me in her belly. And she's wearing this yeah. beautiful dress and it's got a love heart over the pregnant belly. How extraordinary. And, so you're yeah. a performer, basically, like before you were even brought, <laughs> yeah, brought into I guess the I world. Was on the yeah, stage. you're um, like a backup support. I, I guess you know you hear all the you know parents saying you got to be a lawyer or a doctor or something, especially yeah. in you know Jewish families. Uh-huh. But I guess you know it was you got to be a musician. You've got no, to be, yeah. It wasn't. They were my parents have always been extremely supportive. Yeah. of Whatever we want to do, but all of us, me and my two sisters, we we all sort of followed their path. I mean, from such a young age, they were exposing us to amazing music and not just one type or yeah. you know all this not death metal but <laughs> yeah, yeah. a lot of different genres yeah. and a lot of beautiful funny great music you know musicals and you know as I was saying jazz yeah. and sort of rock soul 50s, 60s yeah, rock, 60s yeah. rock mm-hmm. you know Little Richard and you know um, Ray Charles and all that sort of stuff and then sort of Aretha Franklin and then of course Ella Fitzgerald and Billie Holiday and yeah. and Louis Armstrong and, and just but and you know bluegrass country and classical and yeah, yeah. So minimalist like, and, I can see like this amazing yeah, sort of amazing sort of, like, record collection yeah, yeah absolutely exactly. and CDs and oh you know we had so much fun and um, do you guys like perform together like when you kind of like you know yeah. you finish the day at school or something you come oh, home well, and like you know, you know I wouldn't call that a performance but we all we sing together and, and fight you together fight as a well. lot really oh, okay yeah, yeah. seems really harmonious I was like downstairs people are making like sourdough <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, everyone's in the garden wholesome it is no, so yeah, wholesome we've it's definitely like a, yeah. me and Hetty we've had our share, fair share of fights yeah but um no I think you know as we get older yeah. things get easier I uh-huh. think every family would say that you know more mature uh-huh. but um no, I just, I guess I, 
I had a, we were performing with mum and dad on stage with them from a really young age doing backing vocals, even just when we were really little getting ups on stage and dancing, mm-hmm. you know. And me and Sid and Hetty had a little band for a while called um, She Said Zed. Where she we did Said Songs in har- three part harmonies yeah. and, and things like that. It's so not really a normal childhood. Like, I was. Oh, no. It's <laughs> I didn't I mean, have this thing with my sisters. We had a great time, but we weren't like, like, like you know, basically like preparing yourselves because you all yeah. are actors and singers and yeah but and, it didn't and, feel like that yeah you know, oh, obviously not fun. no i mean that would be insane if it was like some <laughs> hot house like preparation <laughs> yeah. to be like to the next like michael Cheryl. jackson's family yeah, yeah yeah so you've avoided all those neuroses and and like you know weird <laughs> dynamics like it's so yeah. natural you know oh like, yeah it's absolutely like like your sister just singing in the shower i mean it's just like yeah. it's just like the whole house is basically like an artistic sort of little yeah. getaway oh definitely yeah, like yeah. i oh you haven't even seen the music room yet no no you've got a music room with a recording studio yeah recording studio and 12 guitars and a piano and a whole recording yeah. system. So you, you you would describe yourself ultimately though like as as a jazz singer, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like I sort of discovered, oh, sounds a bit lame, but yeah, I sort of realised my love for jazz when yeah. I was, I reckon, about 10. Uh-huh. And, you know, I was, I was definitely played jazz when I was young, but not, you know, when I say jazz, I'm not talking about modern jazz. It's all in our family... We love like really early stuff, which is the stuff that has influenced me as a performer. This is so, the, the idea of like the American Songbook, right? Absolutely, like the, like yeah. Cole Porter, Cole Porter and Jules yeah. Stein and mm. the Gershwin brothers and Rogers and Hammerstein. This, look, I won't yeah. go on. Yeah. I could. We will. Yeah. Maybe later. We'll come um, back to it, yeah. But yeah, so I guess, but when I started to really love it, because I love to sing it, was yeah, at about age of 10. And How I, did you like discover it? Just through parents? Sort of well, yeah, mum and dad. You? playing musicals which mm. has uh, where all those songs are from mm. um and also just youtube was just starting yeah. really i mean maybe it wasn't just starting but 10 yeah. year old me just sort Had of just discovered, discovered it. it yeah but um, like, do you realize like a lot of people like other 10 year olds are like on youtube watching people play video games oh like, it's yeah amazing it's that you crazy were, you were i mean but it wasn't even that stuff back then it no. was it was just sort of there was lots of music and a lot of weird, weird videos. Yeah, but the I, dark side of YouTube, yeah, yeah. cat videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. Get lost So it's kind of like largely self-directed then. Like you found like a sound or an yeah. artist that you liked. Yeah, the, the, I definitely, but self-directed, but, you know, also guided by my parents' love of this sort of stuff. You mm-hmm. know, I remember my mum playing Tisket a Tasket for me the yeah. first time. Ella's, Ella Fitzgerald's version of Tisket a Tasket. Yeah. And, you know, if you hear me play uh, perform today i'll definitely be singing tisket a task yeah, that's one, I love it. a song in my repertoire and like i remember hearing that song and being like what like it's like a cute nursery rhyme but it's so cool and I fun was, and it's hilarious it's because, funny yeah and, so much jazz is like kind of like soulful like sad like yeah. longing and unrequited yeah. love and then you have this amazing like flip to being and she funny. wrote that she yeah. she co-wrote that song and, you know, most of mm. the singers of the day didn't write songs. Is now, that, that right? was the only, I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe it's the only song she wrote and she co-wrote it. So and it most, was a banger. Yeah. <laughs> Are most, um, like, jazz singers, like, they kind of just, like, do they just perform out of the, the repertoire of the songbook? Or, like, when do you become, like, an artist who writes your own, like, jazz I, soul I, look, stuff? I couldn't speak for most jazz singers, but I know, you know, I see a lot of jazz because I work at two jazz venue mm-hmm. so i work at the jazz lab in brunswick yeah. and the hummingbird in st kilda yeah. where i also perform there as well yeah, so yeah. it's great i can manipulate my myself up on stage yeah, you know? fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. um but no when I, I see a lot of you know jazz singers and some of them do 
early work, some of them do later jazz, some of them write their own stuff, sometimes it sort of forms into more soul or blues, or sometimes it goes really modern and mm. kind of weird choral minimalist. But this is crazy. like what I this is what I come back to, like you know, you've got this like set suite of the songs that everyone knows, right? All yeah, the, 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 the standards. Yeah, the standards, that's what they're called. Um, and you obviously perform them. But then yeah. this is, I think, what many artists have this sort of tension about, like how do you f- like discover your own voice and your own articulation of that song? It's- because anyone could, not anyone, I couldn't, but like <laughs> you could get up and just sort of like run through the, the boilerplate yeah. version of Tisket Task or like um, Can't Help Loving Dat Man. Not yeah, that well, those man. who actually mm. are interesting because they're not really standards. And no, I, I choose... I've revealed my- my, uh, my gross oh, lack of knowledge seriously. to the audience. Anything yeah. else but this subject, this period of jazz, <laughs> I am just completely, I don't know anything. Uh-huh. I pretend I do. Yeah, yeah. So, uh-huh. you know, you're fine. But okay. no, like someone, something like yeah, Body and Soul yeah. or All of Me, like mm-hmm. those those songs, they're standards and they are sung, you know, summertime. My funny about there's so many. They're mm. sung thousands and thousands of times by countless artists in countless different ways. But when I like to sing them, and I try and do yeah more obscure tunes like Tisket a Tasket and you know I like pie I like cake yeah. which is my most recent find of, of song it's so weird yeah. and cool but uh-huh. you know when I do the standards I try and I make them I don't know I, I try and feel them and I try and make them as real as possible and I think people sort of poo poo the standards because like oh they're done a million times they're so overdone they're not they're boring but I feel like if you do them. And I'm not saying I do. I know I try to, but with heart and soul, and you really feel them. And and if you listen, they're, they're beautiful songs. They're amazing songs. Mm. Summertime, which every stunning, not, you know, it's brilliant, a, no. incredible song. And yeah. if you do it, and you don't try and be different for the sake of being different, if you just try and be real and genuine, I think that you can make something that people will it's, love and people yeah. will. You know, if you when you put all the licks in, you know, there's melissimas or you know, there's oh, oh I can't do them. But mm. when you do that stuff, yes, it's impressive. But it sometimes feels when it's done well, it's amazing. Don't mm. get me wrong, I love that stuff. But but if you just do it for the sake of doing it, it doesn't feel real. But if you just try and sing the songs and just feel them, it sounds a little bit wanky. But no, it, but it you, makes you, sense. You, you but gotta, like, I I think that like you have to be contextual. You can't be like I think your sound is like um. Like a throwback to a different time for sure, but I Thank think the you. way that you express it is very like contemporary. We're talking about like how you've got like your, your quartet and your dad playing like Django yeah. Reinhardt sort of swing oh, sort yeah, of stuff, absolutely. and that's really fun and accessible. But like your point before made me think about how like Amy Winehouse did, um, um, you know, Thelonious Monk like Round Midnight, yeah. and but that she did that in trip hop, sort of like yeah. as like hip hoppy and cool, and and like you know. Uh-huh. you know, when you can make these songs relevant. accessible and yeah. relevant, it's amazing. And I think when you have these ideas and you go, oh, I can see it. And I feel like, obviously, I don't know, but I feel like when Amy does it, I feel like she has these ideas and then she's just able to execute it. And mm. I think that's amazing. I don't, what I don't love is when people go, oh, you know, I'm going to do this song like this and for the sake of doing it so people yeah. will think it's impressive. And I don't, you know, I'm and not. Let's go through the motions. Do this, yeah, like you know, reading, it's reading like, a script oh, or something. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But when Amy does it, it's real, it's amazing, and it's just bringing these songs into light, making them relevant, but also being very true to the songs, which is such a difficult skill to have, to be able to, to to bring these songs and to to feel them and to do them like she does. It's, it's, it's hard to Mm. articulate what, how it feels. But then my question is for you, like, how do you, how do you kind of communicate um, that in your voice when you're a happy 
well, I don't know you. Literally, <laughs> literally that met you two weeks ago, but like, well, what I, do you draw on to infuse your voice with that? Because it's, it's interesting. Like, I don't even, you know, I read, and I especially, I you know, I, I think about a lot of this stuff when I was doing acting at school. I did some really challenging roles, Medea and um, Ophelia in Sophocles, wasn't it? Yeah, really? Medea. I played Medea. Stranger in a strange Medea. land. Yeah, yeah. I played Ophelia from Hamlet. Mm-hmm. I played Polly Peachum from Thripany Opera by um, Kurt Vile. He did the music. It's a, it's a very famous, you know, that's where Mac the Knife, which is mm. a big song, came from. You know, and I did some more lighter roles, but I did Fontaine from Lamy. So I did these roles that were big and women who were crazy or powerful or I don't know. And, mm. and so I'd always, you know, read stuff about actors' method acting or finding something you know, you draw from this or something like that. And I never was able to do it, but I just get on stage and then I just sort of do it. Yeah, I there's can... an actor called Almaziga somewhere as well. Almaziga? Yeah, I was like looking no up your way. Google. There's another one, literally like your no name. I was like, oh my way. God, you're an actress as well. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I think she, she was in like one film in 2016 called Emo Kid or something. No, that's me. Oh, that is you. That's me. Yeah, yeah. That's actually you. I was in Emo the Musical. Oh my God. That's hysterical. So you I, are an actress, yeah. No, okay. no, I was in like, no. God, that's funny. Um, No, so that was, I was asked to, I didn't have to audition or anything for that because it was, our neighbour is the one who was casting it and she knew I could just do acting and I was just like Christian girl number two, which is clearly the opposite of me um, in this movie, which I didn't particularly love, but that's okay. Was it an Australian film? Yeah, Australian film. Okay, right, yeah. Or Emo the Musical, which mm. is just when I told my... I couldn't even tell my friends. It was so Emo the Musical. So we've, like, unearthed this, like, yeah. dark secret yeah. of yours now. Yeah. You are and Christian so, girl number two. Yeah, so I was, you know, the opposite of the Emo as a Christian. And you I cast just, as an Emo? Or was no, like, cast no. as a Christian. Oh, and right. um, okay. I was just in it for one scene, 30 seconds, didn't have a line or anything because, mm-hmm. you know, you'd have to audition for that. Yeah. A brief but impactful career Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but, yeah. um, I, I, yeah, I didn't, I forgot about that. Yeah, it yeah. actually recently came out on Netflix. So you can't actually? <laughs> that's funny. That's you good. thought it was another album. As you can know, that's, yeah, I was that's like, me. Oh, obviously you do, you have a gift with your voice Thank and you. it's like, uh, it's good. And, but, but my, my question is like, and then the same thing yeah. with the jazz, you kind of step into this voice well, or, abso- cause no, there's I such a discord between that. like who you are on stage and then who you are in person. Like you are, well, I find that, you know, sometimes performance. Basically. Yeah. It's a performance. And I like, you know, I see a lot of music because I work at two music venues and the best performances always have someone putting on, I think, more of a show. Mm. And jazz can be something that can be quite sort of, I don't know, not into inward, which I think can be a bit isolating for the audience. Mm-hmm. And I think the the most important thing is to try and make this music accessible not the most important thing and i think a lot of people would disagree with that mm. you know it's for them it's about the music but for me like i want to connect with people who are there yeah and be able to show them this, but this music. is this is the thing about you and again it's like it's not up yourself to acknowledge us or whatever but like in the same way that for me like amy winehouse got me into a little bit of like um jazz and and, and sort of soul music literally she was like a i call yeah. like a gateway drug like yeah, a, ga- yeah, yeah. a gateway artist like, yeah absolutely but when i saw you at the amy winehouse tribute concert then again at the hummingbird like that's the only reason i've listened to like ella fitzgerald and billy well, holiday great. and and i don't know other, others as well like, and that's something that makes yeah that's sort of like a goal like i i love that music and I love those recordings yeah. and it's 
I want people to listen to them. But, I w- but that's why when you're saying like, oh, well, jazz, you know, maybe is like a, t- a tough one to have a future. I think if you can kind of have the the fun, like Django Reinhardt, yeah. sort of stylings to it, as you do with your dad with the quartet. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I think that there's a potential to like, it's, it's insane that I am on a run this morning listening to a tisket a task. <laughs> right? right. Like, it's bizarre. That's like, why is it, you know? That's, um, yeah, well. But that's cool. Like, I think there's a, there's a thing there where you can kind of communicate that. Yeah, again, yeah, jazz. So, yeah, that's why I feel like some people say, oh, I hate jazz. It's so boring because they think of jazz as something that's very for the musicians they're playing for themselves or for the other people on stage, which isn't a bad thing. Mm. And I understand that and I see a lot of geeks that are like that. But for me, I don't feel like I can connect with them. I feel isolated as an audience Mm. member. Mm -hmm. And so something that I strive for is to make it accessible for the audience and exciting and a story and a show. And... By making it a show, I tend to sort of act in it. Yeah, like, but that's do, what I, I'm picking you know? up. There's an actor. Yeah, I didn't absolutely. realize how much of an actress you were. Yeah. When you when you um, are on stage, um, you have like a really like sort of strong presence. Like you sort of stand there and you Thank you me. hold the you, you hold the room. And, and look, lots of people do it. But do you reckon that's a big part of the fact that you know you've done the the theatre work as well? Like, and you know um, you're quite yeah like a lot of like. Um, you know, vivid sort of hand gestures and oh, things as well. And like. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> when if you saw me like a few years ago, even when I watched videos a few years ago, I think there's one on YouTube of my year 12 concert. Mm-hmm. I'm singing Can't Help Loving That Man. I'm already there, I'm much more subdued. Yes. I was so nervous. I was so... It's taken me a lot of... A few years, you know. You know, if you looked at me at year five, my first musical audition, I couldn't even... I had hunched shoulders like this. I couldn't... I wasn't a confident... So when did you come out of that person? It's taken me years and it's yeah. not, there's never been like... How did you like, do it? Like, was it just practice? Or? Yeah, just doing shows. I had a lot of dud ones. Mm-hmm. I did it some... So I guess I started doing sort of performances in 2016 at the end. Yeah. Not really though. Less, more 2017. But I did some... Because most of the ones in 2016 were just horrible. Like, I just mm-hmm. was so nervous and I just couldn't. And I'd stand there, you know. And it was just like, each performance was different. And I there was never a moment where I'm like, aha... It was sort of mm. each performer's got a little bit easier, a little bit better. Um, it's like that sort of 10,000 hours rule of success, you know, success oh, yeah. just. I mean, not, I don't know if I've working. done 10,000 hours. I should probably. Well, you, you probably would have since you were like, what, 10 <laughs> yeah, or I eight guess. young, right? That's true. Plus, just like listening to it since oh, the age yeah. of like. Absolutely. What, your parents are both musicians. I mean, you'd yeah. be like in the womb, you'd be listening <laughs> and hearing <laughs> this stuff. It's part of you, All really. It's incredible, stuff. actually, to think about. Um, but it's not just jazz, you know. It's it's all sorts of beautiful music they expose me to. Not a, not even a lot of jazz, you know. They they like the jazz I like, but we all sort of agree that modern jazz is less of our mm. our thing. But they show me amazing, like sort of bluegrass country music, which is amazing. Mm. You know that sort of white soul, and then the black soul, which oh is amazing, and mm. you know sixties, fifties, and sixties, and you know, I said fifties rock, but I meant to say sixties rock before when I was talking about Little Witch. Okay. Nobody that. noticed it. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Um, I just like nodded in agreement, yeah, pretending like, I knew. But yeah, I really yeah, didn't. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, just all that sort of stuff. Of, you know, Beatles and you know, Rolling Stones, yeah. even that stuff. Which, you know, I coming back amazing. to you, coming back to you, and like, um, you know, you obviously loved Ella Fitzgerald and Billie Holiday. Yeah. And you, you, you know, when you were listening to these people on YouTube and on your vinyls and I guess with your mum and stuff, like how much was it like you kind of looking to sing like them? And, and at what point do you think you develop your own sound? Because when I listen to you compared to like Ella or, or Billy or whoever, like you, you are, 
you have your own voice. You haven't even have a bit of like gravelly Louis Armstrong in there yeah. as well, which we spoke about. Like, yeah. But like, at, at what point do you do you say like, you know, I'm actually my own artist. I'm my own voice now. I'm not. I'm not just like trying to. You know, yeah. be like a student doing like a grade eight music music exam, like you know, it's, and you are an artist now. It's you know very I mean? tricky. I mean, I I grew up, you know, really listening to this stuff. So a lot of those their voices sort of became ingrained in me. And then I did my year twelve, a year twelve music subject, music investigation. I invested investigated Ella Ella Fitzgerald's mm-hmm. vocal techniques and really? the way she influenced other musicians and and jazz. Yeah. And so when I finished year twelve, I think I'd really picked up a lot of her stuff. And not as not nearly as good, mind you, but I definitely picked up some of her quirks. And I remember going to university and my university teacher saying like, you know, it's great, but you also You've got to move a little bit away from it and 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 find something that's more you. And I guess listening moving to away it, from like mimesis. Not I'm just not saying you were away from yeah. Moving away from being from mimicking something. Mimicking, yeah, yeah, exactly. And mm. and just trying to find you, your own voice. And I guess by doing a lot of performances and listening to not just Ella, but a lot of different singers and a lot of different jazz and a lot of different instrumental Mm -hmm. jazz and just really, when I first, you know, you know, that's when I really started going into it when I got to uni. Mm. Like, I'd done a lot of jazz all through high school. Yeah. But it was specifically sort of Ella Mm -hmm. that I'd done. But now I sort of, and Louie and and Billy, but now I've really ranged out into, you know, you know, Sarah Vaughan and, mm. you know, Betty Carter and, yeah. you know, even earlier, like, you know, Memphis Mini, like that really, really early, like 1920s, nearly jazz, but like not yeah. quite and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then Fiona Apple and who's modern, who's still, I, I don't know if you know Fiona no. Apple, but she's a, an American jazz singer right mm-hmm. now and she's wonderful and she's a singer-songwriter. Anyway, so I guess by listening to a lot of stuff and seeing a lot of different stuff, I began to find really my own voice but I actually something that I don't do haven't performed I love to sing sort of musical theatre as mm-hmm. well but and I know all those American you songs said that you that loved um, was it Chicago or Chicago, Cabaret or something? I love Cabaret I love yeah, Chicago yeah. and those songs are quite jazz you, was it from the jazz. film the Rene Zellweger one yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's great but I mean <laughs> even like you know Fiddler on the Roof which isn't oh, quite jazz amazing and like I love to sing you if know even I the high reach, like man. yeah I love that stuff <laughs> but like you know, even those sort of like more even classical nearly, like the really high stuff. Mm. I do. I love doing that stuff. I've never really performed it. I've never performed it. You spoke um, at the start of the interview about your um, Jewish background, yeah, right? And how like it's more, I guess you're not so super religious. It's more just like a, like a beautiful cultural yeah, I, community I don't believe thing. in God, yeah. actually. And I believe in Judaism and Jews. Yeah. Uh-huh. I believe in Jews. Yeah. Um, so, and I think that actually really influences my singing because I was if say, you, yeah. well, if you look, all the songs, all the American songs yeah. in the American songbook are written by Jews. Is that right? Gershwin. And, oh, yeah. all of pretty, mm. not, not Cole, Cole Porter, but co- there's a famous quote from Cole Porter saying, I'll tell you the secret to writing a hit song mm. is to be Jewish. Yeah. You know. Why do you think that, why do you think that uh, comes through? Like I, I, you know, my portal, my connection to making this connection with you and your and your background was when I heard you do Go Down Moses. Oh yeah, right, the Louis right. Armstrong. Yeah. One. I thought that was just fabulous. Like I love it's a the, great tune. Oh, it's outstanding. But it's like, a wonderful. Oh, what's yeah. the? I don't know. Like, how do you pour like uh, the, the history of the Jewish people into the into a song, and why do you think that that so many writers of the standard were, well, were Jewish? Well, I think to answer your second question, yeah. question first. I already forgot my first one. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, so 
you know, these many of the these Jews, and it's the same in Hollywood, Broadway and Hollywood, you see it's a lot of Jews that began this sort of culture mm. coming from the uh, Russia, the pogroms. So the pogroms in Russia was bef- around the turn of the century. Yeah. Um, the, you know, 19th to 20th century, I mean. And, um, you know, it's all these Jewish towns were ransacked in Russia. You know, Jews were killed. Mm. And people, you know, it was scary for mm. them. You know, it was it's, it was it was very frightening. And a lot of Jews left and came to America on boats. And amongst these people, there are a lot of talented musicians, talent, oh, vastly talented. And these Russian Jews, sort of, I don't know. They, I don't really know. There's a beautiful documentary on it. Gave expression to like what great pain and suffering and, and oh and yeah, what they, and what just they but also endured. love, also yeah. these light songs about love and happiness. I don't know. They. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. I, it's an, it's an, it's amazing. But mm. they were they formed they met on Jewish camps and things like that summer camps. If you there's a beautiful documentary called Broadway, um, a Jewish legacy, and it sort of goes through all this stuff. Mm. And um, but anyway, they created the Timpan Alley, which is where all these sort of old standards are from mm. that we all know and love. That was you know the Gershwins. That was really them and a lot of others. But yeah. you know, anyway, they wrote all these wonderful songs and. I think subconscious, you know, in, in on some level, although they are so accessible and they were so accessible to the Americans and to just the normal American mm. family, they have a Jewish meaning. Yip mm. Harburg and Harold Arlen wrote Somewhere Over the Rainbow, which is, as we all know, um, I hope you know, <laughs> is uh, from uh, Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. And Judy Garland sings it. But yeah. if you really listen to the lyrics... You know, it could be about the Jewish story, about somewhere over the rainbow. Promised you know? land, the yeah, idea the of promised exile, land, exactly, home. Yeah. exactly. I mean, it really has that underlining meaning, and you can really, you can hear that in it, and it's amazing. So when I sing those songs, I can, I really feel that history. You're it's in communion so, with like five thousand years of, of history of your yeah, people. Yeah, I mean, of, yeah. of trying to That's be annihilated an over thousands yeah. of years in every century. Every, they, you know, they yeah. try and annihilate us. That's yeah. in the. Haggadah, which is um, the Passover book. Mm. Anyway, um, so all that stuff, I I really, I don't even mean to, but subconsciously I feel like I channel it when I perform just because it's so important to me. And as I get older and I understand what being Jewish means, it becomes more important to me. But but this answers my my other question. Like I didn't know where to fit this into this interview and I didn't write any notes as, as we know and I'm yeah. horribly that's the best way to do it I how think. bad were my panic attacks at that cafe <laughs> it was too noisy trams you know. coffee machines happening yeah. um, little kids yeah oh, little kids not my kids <laughs> um, yeah but I um, I wanted to know that how at 20 you're able to like sound like like someone like Ella or Billie Holiday or whatever it is who who have like lived they've had multiple lives they've had very like traumatic lives like sometimes like I'm blushing I really I really yeah, am I, right. I wouldn't say that I sound like them yeah you do absolutely but I'm saying like but it's Thank hard like my, my question is like stylistic like if you like like do you have to have had not a hard life but I don't know when you when you say it now in the context of like channeling I guess like pe- your people's history you can understand where you can put like feeling and emotion into your voice. Right, it's emotive. Yeah, I've had a, an, um, you know, without sounding like a, uh, you know, I've had a, you know, a blessed life. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've, I've, have a beautiful, loving family. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously, there's trials and tribulations, like in every family, and there's been bad ups and amazing, uh, you know, sorry, great ups and amazing down. Uh, 
you know Shit. what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying. I, <laughs> That's for some correct. reason. Is it oxymoron? What's it yeah, called? Oxymoron, oxymoron or something? No. Yeah. Mm. Great ups, bad downs. That's what I mean. Mm. But, you know, I have had a really overall a great life. And I, you know, when I sing those sad songs, it's not that I'm channeling things that have happened to me. It's more about channeling what the songwriters wanted to say. Mm. And it's a, just then what what it means to me those songs but that idea of empathy like getting into the song and like understanding what the song really means like in terms that you understand and and elucidate as an artist um you know how do you do that basically without like you know you've got a boyfriend of what two and a half three years like he's life's good like how do you then sing something like body and soul like which is about like aching for someone to notice you and like reciprocate your desire how do you sing about like I don't know, like heartbreak and stuff. If you, if you, I've you, never, like I've never been. No, I've never had heartbreak. Yeah, or that's anything uh, like that. Yeah, yeah exactly mm. what you're saying. Yeah, I've never experienced anything like that. I. And that's lucky. Again, it's, it's good. No, no, no. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Yeah. yeah. No, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Um, but again, it's just for me. It's it's very subconscious. I don't or unconscious. I don't know which one. Mm. But for me, I again, I don't. It's not a conscious effort. It just really happens, and it mm. always has, even from a young age. You know, I performed my shoulders up to my ears and I was an anxious performer. I still had, you know, I got teased from it. Not badly, just mm. from my friends. But I had this of a face that sort of, I couldn't control it. I did these crazy facial expressions when singing. And I, mm. you know, I, I really, it was, it's mm. been there for years. Mm. And what I is don't, it? Like a, yeah, just so expressive. Is it emotion? It's like how yeah. you sing with your hands, like Italian. Absolutely. Sort of, I know, yeah, I sing with my hands. The whole body starts singing. That's actually well. a more newer thing. Is it? With my hands, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because... I just I used to just you know standard. hands by my side because I was so nervous and then when I suddenly realised I could be free I went a bit overboard and now I'm just now. like woohoo yeah. but yeah I guess I've always had a very exp- expre- ex- expressive face mm. and but it's mostly just about I don't I don't I can't quite articulate what mm. it is but I really feel the song when I'm singing it and it's it's the music that you know in something like Body and Soul. The music is heartbreaking. The lyrics are heartbreaking and you can feel it. Even if you haven't been through it, you can feel empathetic and you can understand if you really, you know, you can hear what the, you know, who knows what this, Johnny Green, who, mm. who wrote Body and Soul, I don't, I, it didn't, I, I don't know if he, he might have gone through terrible heartbreak, but who knows, maybe he just yeah knew how to write beautifully. But I, I come back to the Donny Hathaway thing about the a song for you. Like I'm like that is they are the most beautiful lyrics I've yeah, frankly read one, ever. Like this idea like yeah. I love you in a place where there's no space or time. Like yeah. you can only really like write about that stuff when you're when you have had lived a life with someone and maybe you experience like yeah. a deep loss of like your partner. And my, my question is more like like looking forward to you like do you, do you see yourself maybe like creating your own music? Yeah, or well it, that's another thing. Is that like I mean, the uncharted territory? Maybe or? because I've had such a a beautiful life it's reason one of the reasons why i find it really hard to mm. write songs i at this point i haven't written a song i've tried a few times i find it really hard but your parents write songs all oh the time. yeah they, they're amazing songwriters yeah a little bit mm. yeah absolutely and dad said you know he's he'd help me yeah sort of guide my way through it they've been writing songs you don't need to rush like you're 20 years. like it doesn't matter like, exactly cares, but right? you know yeah. that's that's another it's another territory yeah. as you said um but yeah my parents have been writing songs and the genres they've they started my mum started as rock my dad started as jazz in the 80s Mm. and then they met and they sort of did sort of rock but sort of indie at the time Mm. you'd consider that indie rock now indie rock's got a whole new meaning Uh but 
sort of weird electronica, all this stuff, and now they've come out of it and now they sort of do Jewish, cynical, folky sort of music. Mm. I guess that's one way I would mm. describe it. They're actually writing an album right now. Mm-hmm. But their last two albums, um, Stories of Ghosts, which was in 2013 release, and Everybody's Begging, which was 2016, um, those two song, uh, those two albums yeah, are amazing, Jewishy, folky, and they've definitely they definitely inspire me because I think it's about reinv- not reinventing, but being able to you know keep with the times. And I think you know if my mum was still doing rock now, it, it might be less people people who love rock you know are young and they want a young person doing that. Not mm. that you know you do what's true to you, but I think yeah. as she gets older, what becomes true to her is more about her beliefs and her beliefs mm. and her way of life and her cynicism and cynicism. you know all that well so if you had to like look forward i mean like not this is a bit like trite but like looking 20 years let's say like you you, you made it in jazz in melbourne yeah. australia and whatever yeah. what would it like look like to you to like to kind of have like a career well like, to make it like in jazz is a, is a it's a funny thing because jazz as i said i have said like it's not a very big genre i mean compared to pop rock classical country you know death metal even jazz is way 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 less popular and Mm. it's much less of a following so i remember my dad saying he was in new york in the 80s and he saw bill evans who's a very famous jazz new york american jazz pianist and he saw bill evans play and nobody was there and you know and and that was in new york and that's that, and he, that's when he realised, I don't think I, I want to be Kid a jazz... He, he wanted to be a... In the 80s, you're saying, Yeah, right? and then yeah, he's he... he's coming back and doing it now with you on stage. Yeah. Yeah. So ne- that's when he sort of stopped doing jazz uh-huh. because he realised there's not that much of a future. Now, I don't want to sound negative, but making it in jazz, especially in Australia, is an interesting thing. I think, you know, a lot of my teachers and stuff have to... They have to teach as well as perform because, mm. you know, it's not the most reliable career just because there's not that much of a following but mm. i think in 20 years as you it was 20 years you said oh, you yeah, could be 30, could be yeah 40. you know whenever yeah. i'd love i'd love to be able to write my own music i'd love to be able to make jazz or the jazz i do which is really early specific sort of stuff i'd love to make it more accessible i also do just more like than how just, you kind of make like tisket a tasket and go down moses a bit more accessible and punchy and fun yeah. and swingy and well i don't and the thing is with my act my, my my show i don't just do jazz like go down moses i guess is jazz but yeah. not quite but even like i do lonely at the top by yeah. randy newman randy newman is an amazing mm. songwriter he wrote writes music for he's mm. been i think he's won or been nominated for like 10 Oscars or something for yeah. all his movie music, you know. Right. You got a friend in me in Toy Story. Is that him? Yeah. You got yeah. friend, I know. He's amazing. You've oh, got wow. to check him out. Randy Newman is an incredible The funny lilting sort of piano yeah. along with oh, it as well. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a Family Guy episode with Randy Newman. Yeah, there, and they, I love that episode. Yeah, I've seen all of Family Guy. Like yeah, that's season stuff. two. Yeah. So, so nerdy. But I know that. But yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so I do a few Randy covers which is beat jazz, but not quite. But I also do, you know, Patsy Cline, which mm. is country, you know, but old sort of country, which is nearly jazz. Well, it's sort of, you know, mm. all amalgamated into one. I mm. don't know if that's the right word, but, yeah. you know. Um, 
And so I think making that stuff more accessible and branching out even further and doing, you know, some folk stuff, I'd love to do that stuff and really working on my voice, my instrument. And But that's the interesting point to, to, to depart from is that like, um, you know, the, 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 we are talking about earlier um, in our first botched interview attempt at the, <laughs> at the cafe was how like voices change from like when they're young to like 17. So like, when I when I like think about you singing now, it's like a mature voice, right? That's what a lot of people say. That, yeah. So like, yes. where, where did we like? My, I think my it's personality a, isn't mature. Yeah. Mind you. Yeah. Well, it actually is. But like, um, <laughs> it's, it's it's exciting to think about like what your voice could sound like in like 10, 15, 20 yeah. years time after you've had like I don't know like being married like yeah. with kids, babies, like, different, and different, addicted to cigarettes. Yeah. And, yeah. Exactly. Like uh, exactly. Not, no, a, that'd not be, a smoker. Well, that's good for not. the voice though. I get a great voice after I have a, uh, a, a, few, a cigarette. Few darts, yeah. yeah. Really like um, I should stop doing it this out. Yeah. Yeah. It husks me up. It's great. Not that I sing. Yeah. You know, mm. speaking voice. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, the journey, as they say, it's, that's, it's all about the journey. It'll be interesting and, and we'll see. I mean, I, I, I know, I don't know what it will be like yeah. in 20 years. I mean, the goal would be to still be singing, definitely, to be doing things that make me happy, to sharing my music with people who maybe don't usually listen to this type of music. I love when that's there, the people that I love to, to reach out to the people who don't usually listen to this type of music but can can sort of understand it when seeing it live and, mm. and, and, and then sort of go on to listen to all the amazing recordings that I've tried to emulate at times. Mm. And, um, yeah, I guess, you know, that's we'll all, see. Um, it's all, it's all, all, we'll it's see what happens. a long way away and you're yeah. going to take it one day at a time. Absolutely. And I think I'm super excited to see you next Saturday. Oh yeah, at and um, at the hummingbird again. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. That's going to be a good gig. What I'm, have you got I'm lined up? Yeah. So uh, there's two of us perform, two bands performing. Yep. Um, just because it's a big room and it's, I mean, I'd love to be able to sell it out all by myself. But I, yeah. I have been selling out yeah. some gigs, but That's this good. one's a big one. So Lido, yeah, we did, you know, yeah, Lido, I sold out. That was great. I couldn't get a ticket. Disaster. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. No, <laughs> <laughs> but um, this one, you know, they thought it'd be great, you know, to have two women you know, and their own bands do it. So the woman, the other woman who's performing, her name is um, Amelia, that's her stage name. Um, Emily Schnall is her name and she's um, a soul singer and she's wonderful. Um, I, went, I, went, I studied with her at Monash. I didn't mm. finish my degree. Mm. She did. Mm. I should probably, I, I'll get to that later. Yeah, diploma, but, yeah. um, you know, she she's great. She's got a sort of soul band and they'll be performing first and then I'll do a set with my band second. And... Some American songbooks and some really weird, obscure tunes yeah. that I found, you know, trolling on YouTube yeah. and, you know, just have decided to, you know, I arrange, me and my dad arrange all the songs. You know, we put a lot of, it's a lot of work that goes into mm-hmm. all the, the performance that you see. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for your time. It's been an absolute oh, pleasure to interview you. My pleasure. You. It's been a nice. good 90 minutes of podcasting. Oh, great. I, I know how to talk. Yeah, <laughs> you're very good at it. Yeah. So well done. And uh, thank you. <laughs>